Hey, this is Shane Malcolm. And this is Jordan Schweitzer. We're the creators of Boot Bags. Fashionable, durable, washable. Boot Bags are the most convenient way to carry your cleats to and from training or games. Check us out at bootbags.us. You're listening to the Force Fancast Podcast. It's the Force Fancast. We're back with our second fan forum. Today I'm joined by Mark, and he looks to be drinking either Guinness or a really thick coffee. <laughs> uh, let's go with the former. Just keep it interesting at nine o'clock in the morning. Good boy. Uh, we are all under uh, shelter in place still. It's unfortunate, and it's uh, the new the new normal. I really hate hearing this new normal that's out there. It's not normal at all, Mark. I had to have my hair cut by my wife, and my toenails got painted yesterday. It's unbelievable. Your wife did an amazing job considering the lights were off at the time. Did you see with the tweet that I had? I told her, I said, I just wanted short hair and get rid of my hair. And the minute I looked at it, I was like, oh, that I look like Richard Keoff now. <laughs> you actually, that was brilliant. I mean, you created the Keo. So from now on, anyone who gets a dodgy haircut is going to cite that. Nice job. Yeah. I, and, and somebody actually suggested uh, he'd be a good interview, interview. I'd love to do that. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, you're uh, on your own on that one. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm on my own. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, we've got a great fan cast today because we have guests from all across the uh, world, actually. We have two in England and one in Bermuda. Uh, we're joined by Luke Turton. Uh, I believe he's a student and he's a journalist. And he is our second youngest, or he is the youngest uh, guest that we've ever had. He's the youngest non-celeb guest, isn't he? Yeah, Luke, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Corey? I'm good. And uh, Luke, give us a little background on yourself and uh, uh, how you're a Force fan. How did that all come about? Okay, so I went to my first game in 2009 against Crystal Palace. Uh, my dad took me, and ever since I've been hooked. Um, then I kind of just from there really I then I think it was four years ago got into journalism and then last year we uh me and a few of the others set up a group called walking on water on Facebook mm -hmm. just thought I'd plug that in there <laughs> mm, very good yeah anyone who's a high diet and all fan knows where walking on water comes from and if you don't google it alongside the words Brian Clough Good job, Luke. That's good stuff. Okay, next guest. Uh, hey, before we move on, I was going to say, you said, Luke, give me some background. We can't move on without talking about Luke's background. I know this is an audio medium, but Luke is currently, I'm assuming, in his bedroom. And behind him, it's just like forest player after forest player after forest player. It pictures of them behind him on the wall. So nice one, Luke. I like it. I like it a lot. Probably should have uh, gone ladies first here as she is the first lady on the pod. Uh, we're joined by Holly. She's a season ticket holder, and she is in London with us today. How, Holly, how are you? Hi guys. Yeah, not too bad considering the circumstances. Lovely sunny day here, so can't complain. Okay, being from the States and I uh, recently went to London, uh, what is the quickest way to get to Nottingham from London? How do you get up there? You're a season ticket holder from London. Yeah, do you, do you know what? It's actually really easy uh, when the trains actually run. The days when this engineering works, it's an absolute nightmare. Don't even ask me about QPR at home this, this year. It was just one of the worst days ever. Um, 
straight train, Mumbles and Pancras, straight through to Nottingham, nice and simple. Um, you also might see on the return trip, if you're in first class, which we sometimes do, the odd forest player, for instance, Ben Watson's on the train um, a couple of months ago, uh, which is quite interesting, but I didn't plague him by going up to, up to him and asking for safe selfies or anything like that. Um, now, it's really easy. There's quite a lot of us, actually, that travel up. There's a lot more than you realise. Um, little community of London Forest fans that go to every home game. Um, it's brilliant, actually. It's really good fun. It's part of the day for me is just getting up there for about 11 o'clock, getting on the train, getting my coffee, uh, meeting my friends, travelling up together and the banter that we have on the train and train cans and all that kind of thing. Um, and then the misery on the way back. When we lose. <laughs> <laughs> and the hangover... The hangover after uh, Millwall, the last game, obviously the, uh, the horrendous uh, last game that we all uh, all witnessed. Um, the hangover on that train was pretty special, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. Couple of quick questions, follow-up questions. Well, a question and an observation, Holly. Follow-up question is: So, are you connected at all with the London Trickies? Um, I, I do go to the games in the in the pub. Um, I don't really know them personally. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean the uh, the London the London trick is pub brilliant. Uh, the atmosphere is fantastic. I mean, yes. if I'm not at the game, then I'm at the at the, at the pub, um, and it's brilliant. What, what those guys do is fantastic. Um, create a real atmosphere and uh, sort of camaraderie. And uh, yeah, I think it's brilliant. Okay, and then my comment is, uh, Corey introduced you as the first lady on this podcast. I think maybe that was an American inclination there. So are you okay here on that being known as the first lady of the Forest Podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. Like American style. Okay, cool, oh, great. Do I get a trophy? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you get wheeled out next to Corey awkwardly at press conferences. <laughs> That's great. And our uh, last guest uh, is Ben Fox. Ben is from a uh, similar area as me. I'm, I'm on a beach and we have palm trees and we have beautiful water, but you're in Bermuda. That's fantastic. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, yeah, it is. We are very lucky to be here in the middle of the Atlantic, miles from anywhere. Suffice to say, when I do get home to see Forest from time to time, my commute there is slightly longer than Holly's and definitely longer than Luke's as well. It's a, it's a fair trek from out here. But yeah, I, I think I'm right in saying that uh, we'd be the eastmost, uh, the eastmost kind of uh, post for, uh, for Nottingham Forest North American fans. That's fantastic. Ben, let's just get into current world right now. Uh, being in Bermuda, um, what's the report up there? I mean, are you guys having cases of coronavirus right now? Is it good or bad or is it overblown there too? That's a somewhat loaded question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, like like everywhere else, we uh, we have cases and sadly we've had fatalities as well. The island itself, we have a population of about 65,000 here, so about twice mm. the size of Long Eaton, the town I, I grew up in that some of you will be familiar with in, mm -hmm. in the Nottinghamshire area. Um, so we're like many other places, we're under we're under a shelter in place uh, at the moment. It's a fairly full lockdown, with the exception of going out for kind of key, you know, the odd groceries, medical supplies, etc. So it's challenging, but we're lucky we've got a bit of space here. And, and perhaps to your your earlier comment as well, Corey, there are, there are probably worse places to be sort of having to sit this out at the moment. That's exactly right. And you know, having twins, I have twin eleven year olds, and they've been fantastic through this whole thing. Fortunately. Uh, they're self-sustaining and they can play Xbox or read or do stuff here at the house. But, you know, we reached a point the other day where it was kind of like, you know, there's people out walking in our neighborhood or, you know, it just you kind of felt like everybody was doing stuff. So I pulled up Earth Cam 
And I don't know if you've ever seen this app on it's Apple TV and you can look at uh, cameras from around the world. And I pulled up uh, New York and we looked at Times Square, nothing going on. I pulled up uh, Abbey Road, uh, which is a really good webcam, actually, because you see all the stupid people doing the Beatles walk across the the uh, crosswalk. Nothing going on there. You can look at London. There's nothing going on. And it's uh, there's a there's actually one for a pub in uh, Dublin, which is usually pretty raucous nothing going on so this is a worldwide thing and i think that kind of hit home for him that look we're all doing this the right thing uh we're all in place um but this will get right into our first what the forest are you ready <laughs> well that's seamless actually done it is what the forest according to one medical expert forest could be forced to play their matches in an empty stadium for the next 18 months until this COVID 19 vaccine is produced Guys out of Atlanta, Georgia, he's an epidemiologist, thinks that it will not be possible for fans to attend sports until a vaccine for the coronavirus is here. Uh, following that up, uh, other reports are saying uh, our promotion could be in doubt as clubs are calling for the season to be put to rest and not move forward. Uh, also, the Premier League is <laughs> looking at possibly awarding Liverpool the title with a huge asterisk on it and uh, abandoning abandoning any regulations. So that would obviously mean no promotions. Mark? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously this is, this is just a constantly moving target right now and nobody knows for sure what's going to happen. Um, it does seem, though, that... Like, when this, if and when the season resumes, it'll have to be played behind uh, closed doors and empty stadiums, which does beg the question, will Derby players even notice the difference? <laughs> and, of course, there's all, there's all manner of questions that come off of that one then, right? If, we're going to, if it's going to have to be behind closed doors, what are the implications of that to the players? What are the implications of that to the fans? What are the implications of that to the club in terms of revenue, lost revenue from uh, ticket receipts? Um, I'd love to talk to you guys from a fan's perspective about what it means for you all, particularly Holly and Luke, given that you're season ticket holders. Before we jump onto that, though, let's take a look at it from the player perspective. A couple of days ago, uh, Joe Worrell, in an interview with Colin Frey, gave his thoughts uh, regarding the potential of the season not concluding, or if it had to conclude behind closed doors, what would that mean to him? And during that, well, it's about a 20-minute interview, uh, Worrell blurted out that if the league season wasn't concluded, that he'd go on strike. I listened to the interview. It was a throwaway comment. I didn't, it didn't sound particularly jokey to me, but after the fact, they're saying, you know, Joe was just being funny about it. That wasn't anything serious. Um, before we go into what it means to the fans, I'd be interested to see what you guys think about Worrell's comment, because it has rather blown up the internet. Twitter was on fire there for a bit, and Worrell felt like he needed to come out and formally apologize and explain himself. So, uh, guys, what are your thoughts? I mean, for me, I think Joe Worrell is Mr. Forrest, isn't he? He's he's the fan on the pitch, born and bred in Hucknall. He's even got a picture with Brian Clough on his profile. You know, no one wants to get promotion more than than uh, than Joe Worrell. Um, I think it means, I mean, of course, it means everything to all the players, I think. Especially in this team that we've got now, the spirit is fantastic. They're all they're all kind of in the right direction, and all together they're a great great unit. But I think Joe, especially, you know, he's a born and bred Forest fan, and it means so much to him. And they've put so much hard work in this season; they've had some fantastic results. And for it to all be null and void, I think would just be 
heartbreaking as a fan himself. You know, he knows what it means as a fan to the city, to all of us, to the team, to everyone. Um, so I think his, his kind of raw emotion came through when he said, you know, he would go on strike. So I think part of me kind of, I empathise with what he's saying there, um, although it was taken slightly out of context. Um, me personally, I'd be absolutely gutted if it was null and void. Mm. Um, and I think that's essentially that, that's what he was echoing was just that kind of real sense of losses from a fan's perspective, if that's what ended up happening. Yeah, I'd, I, I'd echo that as well. I think you know, if you you look at Joe over the last couple of seasons, you know, he's really he's really sort of come on as a player, uh, and I think he's also sort of come on uh, with respect to how he interacts with the media as well. Um, you know, there were maybe a slip or two at the start where, exactly to Holly's point, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve, uh, he says what he thinks, uh, and and you know, this kind of if you like Warrell v two point that we're seeing now, I think is is really impressive for lots of reasons. Like Holly, I I, I take this as a uh, a turn of phrase rather than anything he could he could I would expect him to go through with, uh, which if he did would unfortunately put him in a bucket with uh, our old friend Mr Van Hoydonk as well, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 you know the the, the two cases are just a, a night and day. Yeah. Luke, what about you, guy? I just I think you've got to be realistic about the situation, and where whereas. Joe Joe Worrell is a Forest fan and he's going to have his own views on where he stands on this. And to be honest, if he did come out with a comment and he meant it or not, it it doesn't really matter. There are more kind of bigger things going on in the world right now than whether it's strike or not. And, yeah. as, for, and as for the season getting cancelled, It'd be disappointing to chuck away all the work, but if it happens, you've kind of just got to understand it, really. So I like that perspective, Luke. I think we are all in agreement, right? That obviously the safety, mm. um, people's lives, you know, the safety of of of, uh, of everybody is is paramount. And I think you know we would have to swallow that pill uh, with with difficulty. But you know, if, if that was if that was the, what we had to do, then then we would do so. Um, but as we said earlier, it looks like there are plans on the table for concluding these last nine, 10 games in some cases behind closed doors. So let's start with you, Luke. What would be your thoughts about that? You're a season ticket holder. You're expecting to go see Forest uh, this entire season at your beloved city ground. Uh, you're unlikely to be able to see the culmination of the season in person. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it is disappointing because obviously you do hope to see all the games out. But if it was the option of behind closed doors or no football at all, then you'd just you'd take it, really, wouldn't you? Mm. I think that uh, something else that needs highlighting, which is why the behind closed doors is taking a long time, is... The amount of people that have actually got to be present at the ground, even for a behind-closed-door game. I was listening to a podcast the other, uh, the other week, highlighted exactly how many different people have, still have to be present at the grounds while these games are going on. And he was, he was reading them all off. And it was, it was crazy, mm-hmm. even for a behind-closed-doors game. 
Yeah, I think I heard the same podcast. I want to say the number was up into the hundreds. It was interesting. It really was because uh, I thought I misheard it. So I rewound it to listen to it again. But it is once you once you roll in, um, you know, all of the staff and uh, the grounds, groundsmen and just just everybody who needs to be there on match day in order for the game to work, in order for, for, for the stadium to be open and everything to be as it should. Yeah, it's you're, you're right. There's a, it's a huge number of people. I mean, it's not 25 to 30,000, um, but nonetheless, there's still a lot of people out there who would be, you know, putting themselves at risk in order for these games to be completed. Holly, your thoughts? Um, I mean, I'd rather the season did get seen out behind closed doors than be null and void, as I said before. Um, but for me, one of the things, when I think about Forest getting promoted, when I think about, um, you know, winning that second semi-final, going through to Wembley, potentially getting to Wembley, oh my God, winning the playoff final at Wembley, <laughs> all of that stuff. Um, as a fan, the thought of the celebration of that day, you know, the partying, the drinking that's going to go on into the night. Um, you see a theme here with me. Um, you know, that's something that I'm really, really looking forward to. And I think if if that was taken away, I'd be absolutely devastated. And it's kind of a toss-up between um, would I want to see Forrest go through behind closed doors with none of that and be happy about that because they've got promoted. There we are, we're the Premier League, we're in the promised land, brilliant. Or would I rather go, do you know what? I'd rather do it at a time where we can have that celebration, we can have that massive party. You know, we can be walking along Wembley Way with our scarves in the air. You know, we can have the, the open top, top bus parade around Nottingham, that kind of thing. Um, and I'd be really, really, really upset if that didn't happen as a fan, because that's what I'm really, really looking forward to. I remember watching um, when Bournemouth went up, how many years ago it was now, and just seeing the, the pitch invasion. You know, remembering even the pitch invasion when we stayed up on the last day against Ipswich and <laughs> I was there picking bits of the turf and it was, you know, it was euphoric. And we just because we'd stayed up, imagine what it would be like, you know, if we actually we actually went through um, and, and gained promotion. And Yeah, I'd be heartbroken, but I want to see Forrest in the Premier League. At the yeah. end of the day, you know, we've waited 20 years for it. And uh, if that's how it is, then so be it, I guess. Yeah, I remember seeing Bursley Bassett take Forrest up several years ago. And uh, it was such an astonishing thing to be in the middle of, particularly being in the square and outside the City Hall and cheering and singing and celebrating with the rest of the Reds fans. It's fantastic. Ben, is it going to be any different for you? I mean, obviously, you're, uh, you're in Bermuda. You're not a season ticket holder. You're not a regular at the City Ground. How do you imagine this is going to look to you if, the remaining games are played behind closed doors. How do you think the club are going to deal with that? What do you think they're going to do in terms of charging for access to those games? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good question. And I think, you know, as, we, as we're all getting used to this kind of new normal now, we are seeing wherever you look in society, people are being kind of increasingly inventive. So I'm going to slightly dodge your question because I don't really know what they're going to do. But I would think, you know, there's so much goodwill and passion and, and frankly, uh, you know, financial pressure here between you know clubs the various football leagues and and the fans themselves to, to get something get something done so so I, i'm sure these conversations are going on at the moment from my own perspective or from the perspective of, of people like me a little bit more remote to the uk you know uh, i think firstly i think i think because of all those things i just mentioned i think we will we will see a season played out as a my own experience will be very similar than it is already you know i will 
you know, I will tune into iFollow at about 11 a.m. here and, and, and watch the game and, you know, with, with all the, the, the good and bad that comes with following Forrest through iFollow. Um, again, like, like Holly was saying, I think the, the, the tragic part of this from a fan's perspective is, without getting ahead of ourselves, you know, if there are, you know, if, if this season does end up well, or at least we end up with some highs, not being able to experience them there, not that those kind of atmospheres that, that you guys alluded to as well is going to be, you know, is going to be really frustrating. Um, but it is time to perhaps, you know, for us all to take that, swallow it, but take a step back and just understand that, look, this is, this is a small part of, of the wider things that are going on at the moment. We don't like it, but we'll suck it up. And if we're still do you know what, a, a, a promoted forest at the end of the season uh, without all those good things around it is still not a bad outcome, right? I um, I got another what the forest. Uh, what the forest, Mirich hasn't given up a goal in the past month. <laughs> <laughs> what the forest, I have another one. How about the NHS uh, shirts in the shop right now? I think they're doing a great job. Those are fantastic uh shirts and everybody should buy the whole family them uh it's it's a good thing uh can you guys tell me how you feel that force is doing in the community right now to kind of keep the message going on sure yeah i mean l listen again it's it, it's kind of viewing and participating from afar a little bit and my relationship with the club over the, the last eight years or so i've been out of the uk i think has actually strengthened as i've been further away so i've been incredibly heartened to see the sorts of initiatives um, that we've been seeing from the club. Actually, not not only in the recent past. Actually, this is something Forrest have been doing well for some time now, and it makes you it make, it makes you proud to be a fan. Um, you know the the um, all the all the work around you know, the t-shirts of the NHS is great. And and I you know I see if you go to the website at the moment, there's a really nice piece uh, giving uh, giving praise to sort of the key workers in the you know in the local communities as well. So I just think you know everything that Forrest has done has done well historically they're continuing to do you know it's a bit of a cliche that you know during times of adversity true character shines through and that's the case for you know for us as individuals and also as institutions and I think that it's something that Forrest are just doing so well at the moment and it does it, it makes you proud to be a fan. So Holly let's talk about uh, teams that we just kind of don't like seeing play Forrest or teams that annoy you. I have a real dislike for Reading um, probably in recent times mainly due to the fact that we just cannot seem to get a result against them. And then our, obviously our result away this year um, and at home, uh, one, there was that crunch game where we really should have beaten them um, and taken that game in hand. But um, recent times we've gone there, the atmosphere is just really dour. Um, there's nothing to do around the stadium. Uh, there's no pubs, no restaurants. It's just a bit of a flat pack stadium in the middle of an industrial estate um, and you have to get a shuttle bus from the station which takes about half an hour um <laughs> fans are just i just find them really annoying i mean i lived in reading for a short period and that was at the period where they were actually in the premier league well they just got promoted to the premier league and as a forest fan i never heard the end of it um it's just a bit of a nothing club um i'm probably gonna wish i hadn't said that but um yeah uh not a big fan of reading personally all right luke what about you buddy well how how do i follow that from holly on the hatred of reading <laughs> i think i think i think i am one of them people that just about has the same sort of uh, dislike towards reading to be honest they just think they're, diff they're a bigger club than they actually are and the fact that 
they blamed us for the postponement and just conspired that we generated the amount of water on the pitch where really <laughs> we're next to a river it's going to disappear and then another two clubs that I had down were Millwall and Preston just for the kind of annoying kind of just annoyingness of the clubs and the players they're just generally just in your face all the time and it's just like no <laughs> that's good Ben what about you yeah, well, I, you know, I, I tried to sort of rack my brains, and and and, and unfortunately, my uh, the, the other guys have stolen a bit of my thunder. I mean, the I I, I totally agree with Luke on the, the the Preston thing. I think more broadly, I figured this out. I got to the bottom of it, and it's basically any club managed by Alex Neal at the moment. You know, the <laughs> the, 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 Nor- the Norwich side that I saw at the City Ground a couple of years ago before Fart took over were were, were a disgrace to football. You know, and 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 this Preston side's exactly the same. You know, typical Forest will shoot themselves in the foot and give away a goal and then you just watch you watch these teams just getting the dark arts really kind of negative cynical football so mm. I do that and then I also remember back in the day as well during my uni days I took a trip to Reading when they used to play at Elm Park which was a, <laughs> a, a fantastic little ground uh, in the middle of some sort of rob, rabbit warren of, of terraced houses it was a game if people remember I think Besson got sent off and Chettler went in goal I think it ended 3-3 and there was at least two or three pitch invasions by the Reading fans as well. And I ran all the way back to the to the train station after that. But yeah, I, Reading and Preston, I'll, uh, I'll support. Mark, I'm going to jump in. I, I'm going to actually um, not answer this question from a championship uh, perspective because I just I haven't been to a match. So I don't want to I don't want to say I don't like anybody over there. I, and that's kind of hard to say. I, I don't like people because they are sports fans. I, it's not I don't like that person. So the only people that I really, really hate uh, that I can attest to from being there and seeing it is Orlando City in the MLS. <laughs> and I want to I want to make an assumption here that Orlando City probably is the derby of the MLS. They're their stadium's nice. Their fans don't have a clue why they're there. There's nothing really to do in Orlando other than Disney. Uh, somehow they get Disney money to back them. Uh, it's actually they're a lion. Uh, you know they're they're the pride of the MLS is what they call it, and it's just nauseating. And then when it goes bad for them, they all take their shirts off and throw their garbage on the pitch. And it's it's nightly. It's nightly that happens down there. It's an embarrassment and. Uh, so I guess what who would be the biggest embarrassment in the championship that could, you know, be equal to that? And and I would kind of say Derby and uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. Mm. So do the Orlando players walk out to Circle of Life or Hakuna Matata? <laughs> um, actually, uh, we so I went to the Atlanta United uh, Orlando match uh, the year that we won the MLS Cup. And they uh, played. I just can't wait to be king in the. Uh, and and it, they played it immediately after we beat them four nil. And so it was. I just can't wait to be king. And it was the biggest troll job ever. And I don't think anybody knew it was coming. the The audio guy goes, "This is going to be funny," and um, they did it. And it it just resonated. And it was so good. That's that would be our our biggest rival. And brilliant, so brilliant. yeah, they're they're just. Some, bunch of wacky people so bring anyways. it back to bring it back to forest um i can't believe we're gonna have a clean sweep here reading hate i don't hate reading per se but i'm from oxford originally so i'm like hardwired to not like reading right so 
I'll throw them in. I don't really have an issue with them, but yeah, I mean, I don't care for them. And then I have all the classics, you know, obviously Derby, but Leeds, Sheffield United. Um, but my biggest, I'm going to use the word hatred because I absolutely reviled this team. And this comes from being a slightly older fan. I think maybe I'm the oldest on, on the podcast, which I'm getting used to anymore, Corey. Um, uh, you know, I remember the back end of the European Cup triumphs and I remember how insufferable Liverpool fans were at the time, right? Because they were the kings of the world and the universe and everything. And then little old Forrest show up and knock them out in the first round of the European Cup on the way to our first triumph in 79. And they got so pissy about it. And I just find uh, Liverpool fans so whiny. They just irritate the hell out of me. And it's uh, it's a dislike that has stayed with me all of these years. So I'm desperate to get back to the Premier League so we can play Liverpool again. I know the chances of us getting anything out of that game are slim to none. But just to have the opportunity to even take a point from them and hear them whine about it some more would be awesome. So anyway. I think that's great. That's Those are all good examples. And I... I, I uh... I did see something online that I kind of wanted to put Mark to the test to. Uh, Mark, do you have a second? Not really. No, I think we have to move on, Corey. <laughs> not, not really. Um, Go on. They, uh, well, I mean, you're you're a cloffy. Um, yeah. You, you you know the guy. And mm-hmm. did you see the quiz they put out? And do you know Do you know Brian Clough? I didn't. This? No, I didn't. Oh, well, let's it's test it, guys. If, if you'll indulge me here, we'll go through these quickly. And, Mark, this is just rapid-fire answers. Don't think about it too much. Okay. Uh, where was Brian Clough born? From Middlesbrough. I don't know the exact town, but Middlesbrough. Okay. Does it let you pick? Uh, yeah, it's, it's letting me pick. I guess I'm going to get your answers. As a youth, Clough spent his days with Middlesbrough, which is obviously the answer. And uh, which other team before moving up to the senior squad? <sighs> Maybe Sunderland. That's not even an answer on there. Mm, okay. I don't know. Yeah. So that's your answer. Okay. Uh, Brian Clough became manager on 6th of January, 1975. Who do you replace? Who cares? <laughs> <All right. laughs> Forrest didn't exist except for one FA Cup triumph before. Fuchs that's really left, funny. So. On whose advice did Clough sign Larry Lloyd for 60,000 pounds? I mean, it's got to be Peter Taylor. All right. I agree with that. All right. Well, there, there's a quiz, and you can go online, and that was uh, forest.vitalfootball.co.uk. If you guys want to finish that quiz, uh, Mark, I'm sure we'll go straight to it after this. So uh, I thought that was kind of interesting, uh, and I thought Mark would be the right person to ask questions on that. All right, guys, very quickly before we head into the home stretch here, because we have a range of fans here from different parts of the world and without being insensitive, a range of ages, uh, Corey and I would be curious to hear – uh, if you guys have an unsung hero that has worn the Garibaldi. So we know all the usual superstars, obviously European Cup boys, and they're through the years, Stuart Pierce, Des Walker, Stan Collymore. But what about those players who maybe weren't the superstars, weren't the Forest icons, who you had a personal affection for? So let's go around the room. Ben, you want to kick us off? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll I'll go for what I think is a kind of a this would have been a hipster pick before hipsters were a thing. <laughs> and, and Luke will have to probably try and pick this up in a history class. But you, you alluded to a couple of players there that played in that kind of 93, 94, 94, 95 team. 
Uh, but for me, the mercurial Norwegian Lars Bahinen was was really integral to that to that side. You know, you had you had Collymore and Roy taking the plaudits. You probably had Pete Wone and Stone at that point as well, and Pierce just just being a legend in general. But but to me, Bahinen really made that team tick. And I don't think we were the same. Obviously, we missed Collymore's goals when he was sold to Liverpool. But I think we 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 missed an awful lot when Bahinen was sold to Blackburn. We, the fact that we only got two seasons out of him was shameful. But yeah, he was something a bit different. You know, foreigners weren't a weren't a big thing back then either and he had a, a somewhat sort of it's a very kind of pri- primordial chant from the crowd which I think basically just went Bohinen 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 uh, but he, he was wonderful to watch a, a really great player to see at the city ground yeah agreed Ollie um, oh this is a tough one uh, I've had a few over the years um, but the one that sticks out and it's probably the most recent as well is Lewis McGugan um, I always had a massive soft spot for him. Uh, Nottingham born and bred, came through the academy, I believe. Um, and I remember, obviously, other than his absolute missile, as Colin Frey called it, of a um, free kick against Ipswich, there was a period around, I think it was 2012, where he used to he'd come on as like a last-ditch sub uh, when we needed someone to just do something different. And he'd come on, he'd take the game by the scruff of the neck and he'd score and, and it, it seemed to happen week in, week out. Um, but the thing with Lewis, obviously, as we all know, he never quite reached the peak that he should have done. He had so much potential, but um, he could have been, he could have stolen the Premier League, in my opinion. He was that good. Uh, he would turn games on the head. Um, he just had something about him that was different. And um, the fact that he came from Nottingham as well, um, there was a time a few uh, a few years ago where I was coming out of the, uh, out of the ground, went past the Brian Clough stand, and he was coming out. I think it was just a random game. I can't remember which game it was, but there was him and Wes Morgan came out and, you know, the fans were seeing him and, and getting autographs and, and pictures and all that kind of thing. And I thought, that's really nice. He still, he obviously still cares for the club. And I, personally, I love players like that, that kind of, they have a deep sort of love for the club. You know, you Joe Worrells and people like Eric Lehigh as well, who um, he was the other one that I was potentially going to pick. Um, just gen, gen, general kind of care for the club. And um, you know, I think Lewis, for me, when he left, I was absolutely gutted when he left. Um, but then thinking, you know, he was going to go on to great things and unfortunately he didn't. And um, I believe he's not actually um, playing for anybody currently at all. Um, yeah, Lewis McGoogan for me was the... Yeah, that's a great shout. And you're right, you never really want to fulfil his potential and the fact he's not playing right now seems criminal. And his goal scorer ratio for Forest was ridiculous. I want to say it was something like, I think it was like 40-ish goals in a little over mm. 200 appearances. It's, you know, one in four, one in five games from a central midfielder. You know, what we wouldn't give to have that now, right? We're all having all conversations oh, with Carvalho and Silva and, you know, who's our best central attacking midfield option. Um, so, yeah, excellent pick. Excellent pick. Luke? <clears throat> well, I feel to pick between three, to be honest. So, <laughs> but... and it's, it's officially become the Luke Turton show. <laughs> the, first, the, first, the first one is... Uh, was Raddy Majewski because he he could turn a game in about five minutes with just the mm. wonder strikes the the goal against Derby the goal against West Brom the game against Huddersfield where he scored three goals in in the game but then I was thinking and then there's Robert Earnshaw and his tenacity of scoring goals and he had some mad games and then the third one was Chris Cohen 
he's what, who I'd describe as Mr. Forrest. Yeah. What else is it to say on Chris Kevin? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Great picks. I, I'm going to discount Robert Earnshaw because we asked for unsung heroes. And I think Ernie was probably the most sung uh, of, his, of his particular era. I mean, he was Forrest's primary outlet for goals that year. I know why you picked him. I mean, he's a fantastic player and who didn't want to see him do a somersault after he scored? So, uh, but no, good picks there, Luke. Very good picks all as well. Excellent. Um, my shout would be, um, again, show my age here a little bit, but uh, Neil Webb. I had an absolute soft spot for Neil Webb. Uh, and it was a position I played as a nipper, uh, or I still play actually, central midfield when I can play. But watching him out there, uh, pulling the strings, I'll never forget his goal in the cup final. Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember which of the two teams it was now. Was it Luton? Or was it West Ham? Anyway, in the League Cup uh, final where he took Tommy Gaynor's crossfield pass out of the air with a perfect touch and then just slotted it past the goalkeeper. Beautiful, beautiful. It was back to Luton, wasn't it, I think? It was, okay. It was Luton. Okay, wonderful. So, yeah, yeah, Webby for me. Yeah, so unsung hero for me, uh, as I've not been in the game nearly as long as you guys have uh, for Forrest, uh, I'm just going to have to really play to the the crowd here. Uh, it's the city ground. I don't Uh-oh. think... I don't think that I would have been a Forest fan had I not witnessed that insane Arsenal match in the FA Cup with an American on the field. And it would have just been an American on the field with a boring crowd, but it wasn't. It was absolutely electric, and it woke me up to how many clubs are in England, really. Had no idea, right? And so from that point it's kind of a you go for a community-based town that supports their team i mean with without a doubt better than most premier clubs and i uh i was just totally taken by it and uh it was nice that he he scored two goals uh, in that match and of course had that chest goal that never hit the ground and went top left and uh from that point uh i, I just want to say this podcast probably would not be out there uh <laughs> Had, had had that not happened, yeah. and so I want to I want to give a uh, give major applause to the uh, the city ground because it, it resonated through the uh, TV in an early afternoon here in Florida, and from that point, I meet Mark and Jordan, and somehow we're going through possibly what could have been a promotion season cut off by a pandemic. I mean, no other podcast has ever had to deal with this. <laughs> um. I want to wrap up this guy just by saying that we're actually looking right now at putting together a little series of shows based on Unsung Heroes and might have snagged me a heck of a co-host for this short series. So I'm not going to let the cat back out of the bag yet because uh, it's, it's not all signed, sealed and delivered. But if this goes ahead, we'll hopefully have a nice little series that we can roll out here in the next few weeks to help get us through this quarantine period. So That's good stuff. Uh, well, guys, I really want to thank you guys for – joining us today and i hope this is the first time and not the last time so thank you guys luke i really appreciate it um keep up with the journalism and launch your own podcast so we can bring you on uh as a as a a pundit over there and you can be our eyes and ears of what's going on and uh i mean holly for sure uh next time we get to london i'm gonna get travel plans uh and uh how, how to get up to nottingham uh, you know, and honestly, you might want to just go ahead and send us that because as soon as the, the lights are turned back on and the fans can show back up, uh, yeah. you know, everybody lands in London, so they need to know Absolutely. how to get Absolutely. 
So I really appreciate you. And Hey, look, we're all, we're all praying for the best outcome out of this and it goes away quickly. Uh, We want fans and stands and uh, we want the players to be safe and we want everything to get back to normal, but it sure doesn't feel like it's going to happen that soon. So let's just make the best of it. You know, if we play without uh, fans, that's what happens. Um, And uh, we can yell at our TVs and uh, yell at I follow for not connecting correctly. So Ben, how is the, the internet's pretty good in Bermuda for you, huh? Uh, we've been lucky. It's been pretty intermittent, to be honest. We're a rock in the middle of the water. It's, you know, there, there's, there's island life, and it's a little bit different from, uh, from everywhere else. But, yeah, we've, we, we've got through, I think, so far. Hey, well, do us a favor. Today, uh, when we're done, go outside, take a photo of where you're at, and uh, just post and tag uh, Forest Fancast in it so we see what life under shelter at home looks like in, in your in your neighborhood and uh, we'll do the same and we appreciate everybody mark thank you for uh setting this up this is a great panel today and uh it was way better without jordan just kidding just kidding before we bail guys just run around the room very quickly uh assuming the, assuming the season does come back and gets wrapped how does forest season season conclude do we miss out on playoffs make it through playoffs or automatic promotion luke play i think playoffs but anything after that is a lottery all right ben I think we finish in the playoffs, and if we make it to Wembley, I think we go up. Yeah, I love it. And finally, Holly. Come on, Holly. Um, playoffs, definitely. Um, I've had a gut feeling all season that we'll meet Brentford in the playoffs, semis. So, that's my prediction. All right. Good stuff. Corey, thanks so much for hosting, mate. Thanks so much for being on board with us, guys. It's really, really fun to connect with Forest fans from around the world. Uh, certainly, certainly helps us while away the hours here, stuck in. Well, actually, I'm in a... Cool, you'll appreciate this. I am actually in a cupboard under the stairs. Hey, that's that's a quality <laughs> studio. That's exactly where I am right now. Look, look what and, else and I have here. There's always questions <laughs> on stuff I have hanging on my wall here. Yeah. Uh, most of it's from college. Uh, there's some jerseys signed back here. And I have a ton of scarf from soccer matches I've either attended or were given to me. So I'm holding out until I get to city ground to actually earn a scarf when I actually set foot there. So I want that to be special. I don't want to just buy it online. That's right. Well, you're surrounded by scarves. I'm surrounded by rolls of toilet paper and kitchen towels. So that's money. That's go. worth money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to wrap the pod the way that uh, we wrap every pod with their traditional forest charm. So all three, all together now. One, two, three. New Reds. All right, nicely done. Peace Have a out. great day, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Cheers. All right, have a good day. Stay safe, everyone. Hashtag cashew.